Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Today we celebrate the Holy Trinity. Christians understand God to exist in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. In other words, God is understood more as a community rather than an individual. We believe that every action in creation is the result of these three persons working together in community. While in the English language, God is often referred to using the male pronoun, God is in fact genderless, or actually it is more accurate to say God is all genders. Since at creation, both male and female are in fact created in God's image. Humans have need of gender. God has no need of gender. That is to say, God's love for humans does not depend upon gender, since all genders have their origin in God. But because language is a limited system used to describe the indescribable, things like pronouns are used to refer to God, which is often wrongly used to assert dominance of one human gender over another, usually male over female. God the Father is traditionally a he, a male pronoun. God the Son is traditionally a he, a male pronoun. However, God the Spirit, also known as wisdom, in our first reading from today, is traditionally a she, a female pronoun. Understanding God as both he and she allows us to celebrate the fullness of God in relationship to all human beings. <clears throat> Finally, because God exists in community of three persons, all pronouns apply to God, he, and she, and they. The fullness of the community of God then embodies the fullness of human community. But if you recall the first sentence of this sermon, which I'm sure all of you can do, you will note that I said today we celebrate the Holy Trinity. That is to say, we cannot describe or explain this mystery. I could present to you today the scholarly debate
debate regarding the Holy Trinity according to Martin Luther. We could plumb the depths of the history of the three confessional creeds of the Christian Church, which seek to articulate this mysterious relationship between Father, Son, and Spirit. Or, even more fun, we could traverse the landscape of the various ecumenical understandings of the Holy Trinity, how they are similar, how they differ. Such fun. <laughs> but I care too much about you to do such things. I am also interested in your staying awake this morning. But mostly, I am really interested today in the word celebrate, and I hope that you are also interested in this word. Instead of explaining the community of God, Father, Son, and Spirit, let's instead celebrate the reality that because of the relationship between these three persons, the earth has life. We live. The wind moves. Water flows, fire burns, planets spin. Some communities, such as the community of God, cannot be explained, only celebrated. Families are also communities that often cannot be explained, yet celebrated. I'm certain that my family history and dynamic is vastly different than yours. We all have weirdness in our families that makes us shrug our shoulders from time to time, and beauty in our families that makes us cry, all for reasons we cannot explain. Some families have a mother and a father and children. Some have two mothers and two fathers and children. Some have two husbands, two wives, and no children. Some have divorces and remarriages and step-parents and half-siblings. Some fathers are adoptive. Some are called dad or mom or son or daughter out of earned respect, not because of genetics. The community of family, then, cannot be contained by mere blood relationships. I cannot explain why. When I think of the word mother or grandmother, women come to mind with whom I share no genetic code. Women with names like Joanne or Janine, women who taught me how to hold a baby. So then on Father's Day today, we give thanks for fathers, however they might be defined. Let's not even try to explain the community of family today. Instead, let's celebrate Father's Day, whether you celebrate it with a crowded brunch and family, or a quiet, old-fashioned, alone on your deck, in all of its weirdness and beauty. There are other communities which cannot be explained but celebrated, like the LGBTQ community which celebrates Pride Week. Try as we might, try as we wish, humans cannot explain why some humans love other humans. There is no ultimate treatise on the nature of human love, whether it be between two men, two women, or a man and a woman. Human community and human love 
cannot demand explanation in order to be experienced. Instead, human love in any form deserves celebration. That this LGBTQ community, 48% nationally of whom identify as Christians, celebrate their place in God's created order, and we with them as a Reconciling in Christ congregation. That this same 48% has suffered intense and ongoing persecution. That when St. Paul speaks of boasting and suffering, what community has earned the right to boast more than this one? This community that has suffered even when persecuted by other Christians in the name of Jesus Christ. That this suffering produced character which gave birth to hope that one day LGBTQ persons would finally receive their deserved full identity legally, religiously, culturally. Hope that one day they might celebrate marriage legally and religiously as the ELCA celebrates 10 years ago this August, our church-wide decision to celebrate same-sex weddings and open our rosters to clergy in same-sex relationships. That this same community exploded into public view 50 years ago with riots, when police raided the Stonewall Inn in Greenwich Village, when this community said, no more. The community of God, Father, Son, and Spirit created and loves our community, and we celebrate our place in this world. We cannot explain this love between men and women any more than I can explain my love for my husband, but it sure as hell can be celebrated. Does this celebratory community of God then not call out to all of these communities of people, all of whom have a place in God's created order, as we see in our first beautiful reading from the book of Proverbs? Does God's spirit not cry out in our first reading as one who was there when the foundations of the earth were laid, before the mountains took their shape? before the heavens were established? Does she not cry out in joy and delight? Does she not weep tears of joy over what she has created as she delights in any human eye that blinks open, any human lung that expands with first air, any infant mouth that cries out for milk? Does God not call out to fathers for whom we give thanks this day? and to those who cannot be fathers and yet wish to be, and to those whose fathers are dying. And do we not also surround with love this day those whose fathers have rejected them, whose fathers raised the hand and voice in curse and abuse, those for whom this day stirs only painful memory? Yet does God not identify as compassionate father, who also had a son, who was ridiculed and tortured and finally murdered. Does God then not empathize with fathers who have lost their sons due to violence, 
profiling, discrimination, and injustice? Does God not cry out as Father God to all fathers to love abundantly, to model patience, to teach compassion, to love the weak, to be a friend to the marginalized, to show strength and power differently than the wearisome and stereotypical flexing of muscle that we see all too often today? Does God the Father not call out to all God's children and say, I hate nothing that I have created? Does God not call out to the LGBTQ community, not only in celebration of this Pride Week, but also every other day of every other week of every other year? Does God not call out to those who still live in the grief and trauma of the Pulse shooting three years ago in Orlando, when 49 members of this community lost their lives? Does God the Son not call out to God's gay and lesbian, bisexual, transgender children, as well as to all of those who struggle with gender and identity, with compassion and grace? Does God not call out as Jesus Christ, God's own word, in whose name terrible injustice has been done to this community and yet who ironically has nothing to say about this issue, except to not judge? And through St. Paul, who although he had plenty of disparaging things to say about women, also says that in Christ there is neither male nor female, for we are all one in Christ. Does God the Son, does not Jesus, call out to ones who are ridiculed and tortured and alienated as one who has experienced these things firsthand and who on the cross opened his arms to all? And finally, does God's spirit not call out to all of the broken and hopeless places in this world? Does she not cry out to Sudan and the families of the hundred protesters who died at the command of the military? Does she not cry out to the deadlocked Middle East and her children who know nothing but war? To the thousands of immigrant children currently living in detention centers in cages? or in former war internment camps? Does God's spirit not call out to the 1.5 million people displaced by the economic collapse in Venezuela? Does she not call out to those who call Shelter House home? To the ones who sleep on benches right outside of our own church? To the ones who beg for money on the Ped Mall? Does she not beg us to love those in our midst who are depressed? Are addicted or suicidal? Does she not embrace all who are misfits, one who have no place anywhere, ones who live on the margins, a community to which we all belong, if we are brutally honest with ourselves? Does God's spirit not embrace this misfit community? Does she not gather us together and baptize us with promises that will never be broken? Does she not seal our foreheads with the cross? and mark us forever before we know what we will grow up to be, whether we grow up to be a father or not, straight or gay, criminal or hero? Does God's spirit not call out to this community of the broken, outcast, refugee, misfit, immigrant, and hopeless? 
And instead of explaining it, does she not celebrate? In this we boast that there is a community called God, Father, Son, and Spirit, who rejoices in this created world, who delights in the entire human race, and who calls out, who cries out to all who live, all who have died, and all who are waiting to be born, a God who cries out to all of creation to have hope, to have ears to hear God's message of joy and delight. A joy and delight not explained, but celebrated in a defeated cross, an empty tomb, an unconditional forgiveness, and a love for all creatures, great and small, fathers and fatherless, mothers and motherless, a girl child, and the boy child and every child in between. This celebratory community of God, Father, Son, and Spirit preferred pronouns of he and she and they cries out to you and says, Come to me, my created child, in whom I delight. <laughs>